Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show dedicated to exploring everything weird, unexplained, or cryptic in the world. Today on the show, we're going to go over the lore behind the demon of the Ouija board, Zozo. Thousands of people across the world have had similar encounters with this Z entity, and all of these encounters are linked to the Ouija board. It's from famed demonologist Darren Evans, who leads the way in the research of Zozo. And the majority of this research that I go over is from his work, though I do throw other stuff in there. So let's explore just what all these Z encounters have in common, the history behind it, and all the different ways that this phenomenon has completely destroyed people's lives. I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. First off, when I was going into researching the Zozo phenomenon and decided to write up an overview article on the blog, I didn't really fully understand that the whole thing was brought to the public eye by a single person, Darren Evans. So I bought his book, The Zozo Phenomenon, with co-author Rosemary Ellen Gilley, and just zoomed right through it, noting the key points and putting together like an overall idea of what was going on in the book. The authors mentioned other people in their stories, so I looked all that up too, but decided to put together an overview, primarily focusing from the book. When the article was posted on social media, it didn't take long to get some angry people commenting. I did not credit Darren and didn't know he was the primary source of Zozo lore in the mainstream. His fans were all over me like white on rice. So I rewrote the blog and contacted Darren personally to apologize and ask for his blessing to keep the article up and offered to delete it if he wanted me to. We had a decent amount of back and forth, but I was mainly surprised that he'd even responded to me. Darren Evans turned out to be a really cool guy and we ended the back and forth on friendly terms. His fans also quickly ceased their assault, but wow, did I learn a valuable lesson making too many presumptions while writing. So I've talked to Darren personally, despite his fame, and gotta say I respect the man a lot, and my respect isn't easy to earn either. But at the same time, it's also important to remember that Darren Evans is just one man who's had some pretty profound and terrifying experiences with this entity among many, many across the planet throughout history. Anyway, that's all just a juicy side note with a little bit of drama, but let's get into the lore. Zozo has been encountered globally in many documented accounts, and despite Zozo's connection to Ouija boards, this potent negative entity's influence goes back through history far longer than the board game we know today. Since the 1980s, when it really started to manifest in the collective consciousness, paranormal encounters with the entity share consistent themes across the board. So Zozo may be the demon of the Ouija board, but spirit boards are timeless and encompass human history as a whole for the most part in one form or another. There's also a lot more to the phenomenon than kids and teenagers being scared because the board said weird stuff to them. Like a ton of lore states, many entities evolve over time, depending on circumstances. And whether from the work of John Keel and the Alter Terrestrials, or more esoteric knowledge, many entities simply take on forms to best suit their intent based on the culture of the person that they're interacting with. It's also important to note that Ouija boards, or spirit boards, and the like are neutral in nature. And using them doesn't mean that you're interacting with a demon or Zozo every single time paranormal stuff happens. From what I see, there's not really any specific calling card in victims. 
maybe it just seeks out people based on circumstances and whose fear tastes the yummiest. But the majority of the population will never encounter the entity based on practicality and statistics alone. The phenomenon has only ever selected a tiny few of the global community to interact with. Those easy to corrupt, the weak-minded, or spiritually, psychically gifted, but undisciplined will be the entity's main targets for the most part. But it can also be a case of what's going on in a person's life that opens up opportunities to the darkness no matter who the person is, such as if they are in a state of high stress, conflict, loss, or general peril in their daily life. Demons seem to like those types of people the most. The emotions and mental state of anyone can have a considerable influence on possible attention from negative entities. This is a universal aspect, not unique to Ouija board spirits, but an overarching truth of the paranormal in general. And depending on the limitations of perception placed on the conscious mind from the subconscious, the nature of manifested phenomena can differ vastly. To understand how this malefic entity can manifest across the globe at will, we have to first understand the nature of the Ouija board and how the collective unconscious of humanity has been inundated with propaganda towards it for decades. But that's assuming that you subscribe to like uh, Carl Jung stuff. Personally, I do. And if you're unfamiliar with it, it's just the idea that all of humanity basically has a, a collected consciousness to a degree that's underneath the radar. We're like a beehive. Some people have called it the infinite intelligence and stuff like that. If you get into more esoteric stuff, there's a bunch of more names for it, but it's been around forever. Even the Egyptians thought this was a thing. But going off of that perspective, in general, Hollywood and the gutter press mainstream media have transplanted horrific images into our minds coalescing conclusions that predetermine the expectations of evil concerning Ouija boards. Not to mention zealous religious communities and their rhetoric. In our dreams, terror is what awaits all who dare to tamper with Ouija boards. Movies, TV shows, books, they've all impregnated a pretty clear picture into the human psyche. Many people just love fear. I love fear. And there's nothing more horrifying than the unknown. This makes the lore surrounding these boards extremely profitable. This is even more so for the religious and anything that goes outside their reality tunnel. In truth though, the Ouija board is just a slab of wood or plastic. It's a game. Then again, that's if you are in the Chapel Perilous or not when the paranormal starts happening. If it does. But in its purest essence, the Ouija board has no conspiratorial or supernatural evil intent behind it. The most influential horror movie in history had a significant influence on how culture looks at the board. You probably know what I'm talking about. The entire plot of this movie is kicked off by a little girl who gets possessed by the demon Pazuzu after messing with the Ouija board. Of course, I'm talking about The Exorcist which is a fantastic movie and probably one of the most objective sources of this unnecessary fear revolving around the Ouija board. Just like dream work, the subconscious has a subtle form of interacting with the ego slash conscious mind. This subtle communication includes moving a planchette on a Ouija board, for the most part, along with things like pendulums. The board is actually just... Um a way of engaging with the subconscious mind. So yes, it's actually those people moving the planchet. Just a part of them that they don't really know or are aware of or have a, a relationship with. So while some people think the planchet is moving by paranormal means, it's actually just the subconscious. Ouija boards in actuality rarely inspire paranormal phenomena. The Ouija board only becomes something dark if that aspect is metaphorically activated, quote unquote. Many experiences are based on what we ourselves bring to the table when it comes to the paranormal. The most susceptible are young people easily manipulated by the media, those consumed in fear from dogmatic programming, and gifted experiencing intense emotions. 
but there are also those out seeking selfish gain that will do anything to attain their desires. There are countless accounts of people seeking hidden knowledge about many topics, where the board's user got far more in return than what they intended. However, their ability to access the physical plane depends on the person using the Ouija board. And Zozo has some pretty specific calling cards, like an association with mirrors. The demon has also been known to violate its victims sexually. It shapeshifts to male or female personas as is fit. And the Z entity often revolves around sexual depravity towards women, especially teens. Which means that the number of people vulnerable is pretty vast. If someone using a Ouija board, uh, things turn paranormal. Many of the negative experiences from such encounters are because those people are unprepared. They don't really get what they've unleashed, and why should they? How can any ordinary person conditioned into mundane society be prepared for the other? The quote-unquote other is terrifying. The more oblivious a person is, the more danger. According to occult lore, there's always an entity willing to step into the shoes of whatever a person is trying to communicate with. And just like humans, such entities are said to have moralities and demeanors in all the spectrums, with the majority most likely being primarily gray in that context. But there's always also good, which is much more rare, and bad, which also is much more rare, with like a single focus on those two polarities of extremes. And everything you can think of in between. I referenced John Keel briefly, and this also coincides with his theories concerning the super spectrum. The super spectrum being where many paranormal entities actually come from and filter themselves based on the minds they're going to interact with. He referred to them as ultra terrestrials. And you may be wondering, which is what are these ultra terrestrials of the super spectrum? Well, nobody fucking knows. But it's interesting how it fits nicely into a lot of missing puzzle pieces concerning the paranormal. But even that's just one way to look at it and can be completely disregarded depending on what reality tunnel you subscribe to. And with all this paranormal lore surrounding the Ouija board, it's interesting that it's not that old. The origin of the Ouija board as we know it today goes all the way back to the 1800s, but concerning the history of humanity, that's not that long ago at all. Though like I said, spirit boards have been around forever, but back in the 1800s when the, well, the Ouija board we know was invented, mediumship, the communication with spirits, have been around for years in Europe. Then it hit America hard in 1848. Thanks to the rise of spiritualism and the esoteric revival of the time, it was highly successful. And the board even became a pop culture craze and exciting secret among proper Christian circles. It wasn't burned at the stake because spiritualism could coincide with Christian dogma. To a degree. So one could find seance parties all throughout America where ordinary people attempted to contact the dead, including all the God-fearing Christians. The creators and original patent holders had no idea what to call their little game board. At its inception, they gave it the simple title, Talking Board. Then, creepily, the board actually named itself. Many people like to say that Ouija is the combination of French for yes, we, oui, and the German ja, but that's all complete bunk. It was Helena Peters, a well-known medium who sat down with the board and asked it what it wanted to be called. In answer, the planchette spelled out Ouija. The board even elaborated, saying that the word meant good luck, though it couldn't be found in any language when they uh, checked, the, checked in on it. But the creators just went with it. However, the Ouija board was not ready to be released to the world at large just yet. They had to patent it and do all the business stuff. And to patent something at the time, you had to prove it worked. The chief patent officer had an interesting way of doing this, and supposedly nobody knew who the guy was, they had no connections to him, and also he didn't go by his real name. So there wouldn't be many people around him that knew or could give it away, but what he asked was, he asked them to ask the board what his name was, and the 
uh, clever request took the creators of the board by surprise. However, the Ouija board spelled out the man's name without a single spelling error, and they got the patent, and the board was unleashed in mass production. There are many people throughout the board's history claiming to have otherworldly inspiration to things they create. There are many tales of ideas that lead to things that impact the world inspired by the board, such as poets giving credit of famous poems to deceased people contacted through the Ouija board, or people gaining knowledge they never could have known that led typically to their advantage. So whether one believes in the supernatural or not doesn't matter because the Ouija board works. Over time, it evolved into many different forms. It has gone from masonite to wood to plastic to cardboard, but always keeping the same setup and premise. Back in pre-internet days, I mean, the world is much more connected in the 20th, 21st centuries, late 20th century, 21st century than ever before in the history of the planet. But this pre-communication age, nobody could really communicate across the globe about weird stuff that they all had in common concerning Ouija board encounters. And little did they know, these people interested in spiritualism or the paranormal who utilized the board, but an entity calling itself Zozo began to have consistent engagements with its users over the years. This particular dark entity seems interested in the Ouija board more so than any other, but rest assured, there's no limit to the number of occult entities associated with the board. However, researching or gaining knowledge of those entities does not directly draw their attention to you. Zozo, on the other hand, will take notice if one is gaining knowledge about it. Many paranormal phenomena occur to those who research the topic of Zozo. If you cast eyes upon the entity, then it casts its eyes back on you. Electronics will begin to fail or act in unexplainable ways. Lousy luck, nightmares, and depression are also typical. So be careful when messing around with this topic, and don't ever be irreverent. The encounters with Zozo are so well documented that it takes just as much factless faith to disbelieve in it as it does to believe in it. So don't take any chances of antagonizing the entity directly, especially since Zozo is also not always easy to detect unless it reveals itself. It has many names and personas and rarely shows its true colors like at the start of an interaction. It's far more abstract than what it seems at face value. The demon has tons of names and alter egos such as Zaza, Zo, Za, Zate, Zam, Zepot, and Zono to just throw out a handful. There are plenty more, but I think you get the point. The main thing to take from all this is the consistent theme of the letter Z. So for the most part, paranormal investigators and demonologists refer to Zozo as the Z entity. Zozo is also a well-documented shapeshifter with his uh, most well-known form being like a shadowy entity with its skin burnt to a crisp and red glowing eyes. And it takes this form a lot when it's manifesting itself in mirrors. But there really isn't any limit in the forms that it can take for the most part that I've read at least. Another one of its common forms is a raven, and when it's stalking one of its victims, it'll like hang out on a tree and watch them as a raven and whatnot. It basically just lurks in the area, it's terrorizing. Anyway, I'm gonna take a quick break and go grab some coffee. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. <laughs> Do you like food? Do you not like going places? Do you like staying home and having food brought to you? Well, you're in luck, because a thing called Blue Apron exists. With multiple pricing, there's a way to get the gourmet delicious meals under any budget. And it's totally worth it. Cryptic Chronicles would not promote Blue Apron unless it knew how good it is for you. With all the junk and everything these days, the majority of people sustain themselves on poison and don't even know it. A healthy spirit, mind, and body requires a healthy lifestyle and the ability to take care of yourself, and feed your body all the nutrients it needs to function at its best in our highly demanding lives. You get to choose your own meals. The chef-designed recipes include balanced Mediterranean delicacies, quick one-pan dinners, and top-rated customer favorites. 
Unpack your home delivered box with enthusiasm because there's a guarantee on freshness and the highest quality of all Blue Apron products and ingredients. Create magic following our step-by-step instructions. You'll experience the magic of cooking recipes that the master Blue Apron chefs created with your family's tastes in mind. With step-by-step instructions, so you never miss a beat and have to get frustrated about making the meal. I know I do that. At least, when I'm not eating a delicious Blue Apron meal that is responsibly sourced, quality ingredients like fresh produce, sustainable seafood and exclusive spice blends means you're going to have a meal that's stopped here over the common fast food garbage most people eat. And Blue Apron cares about the environment, which is another reason I love them so much. With recyclable ice packs and packaging to ensure your ingredients stay fresh until you're home and ready and easily disposable for the health of Mother Earth. Do yourself a favor, and take care of your body and mind the way nature intended it, with a healthy meal that's also gloriously delicious. With Blue Apron, the yummy goodness is dropped off right to your very doorstep. So if you like food, and you like not going places, then why not try Blue Apron, and give your mind a rest from going to crowded grocery stores, and writing a list of stuff to get, only to forget half. Hello, my name is Nessie. You might remember me from such places as Loch Ness, because I'm a Loch Ness monster. Cryptic Chronicles is sponsored by Blueberry. If you're interested in making your own podcast, just go to Blueberry.com or by going to CrypticChronicles.com, click on the sponsor link on the homepage. By going through Cryptic Chronicles, you will not only be helping to support the show, but you'll also have the best podcasting host on the market. There's no contracts, and you can cancel any time. You'll have free 24-hour tech support, syndication with your own RSS feed, as well as a plethora of other goodies that only professional podcasters use. There's no third-party sites to log into. Never leave your own website. You remain in control. All you have to do is produce your podcast, write your blog post, and then publish with 29,000 plugins to pick from. By going through Cryptic Chronicles, you'll have one month free of the best podcast statistics, as well as one month free of the best podcast hosting. So go through our sponsor, Blueberry, today. And if you can, visit Loch Ness, because I am very hungry. The way that the Z entity terrorizes communities has many documented similarities. When Zozo first begins its uh, its activity, it always starts out pretty benign and subtle. Z will mimic whoever the person or people want to talk to. The entity rarely states who it is outright, but will reveal itself over time while enticing people to keep coming back to the board and use it more and more. At one point, it even convinced Darren Evans the most renowned Zozo researcher, that it was a dead rock star. His friend that was with him was convinced too. They spent a lot of time having fun and joking around during these sessions. The entity was complete with a, an accent and a desire to party and everything. And this is an excellent example of how tame and innocent the early interactions with Zozo are. Those in the know claim that Z is actually probing the psychology of its victim or victims during this uh, time of relatively easygoing with the entity. It's gauging just how and what tactics will best suit its predatory desires. However, the encounters will gradually get darker and creepier, usually climaxing in some great scare that Z uses to vitalize its power by absorbing the fear energy emanating from the Ouija board users. There are different perspectives though. 
Um, but for the most part, it is thought that Z is building up its power during this slow escalation. This outlook mirrors lore from demonology, but some also say Z just enjoys the slow escalation sadistically and can manifest with its full power whenever it wants. The circle says it's more so a game to the entity and thinking that it has limitations early on is hubris. However, the entity being deceptive and manipulative is universal among all researchers as a consistent behavior of the Z entity. The whispers of Zozo have tricked people into thinking many bizarre things and do things against their own self-benefit um, or well-being. During the early stage, it will often pretend to be one's friend and say many things the board user wants to hear. The entity may also whisper delusions of grandeur into a regular utilizer of the board. It will say it's a quote-unquote king of kings and uh, stuff like that and offer to bestow future power on the person, calling them things like the chosen one. All in all though, it will always lead up to much, much more horrifying anomalies. The demon will linger long after the Ouija board session has ended, vigilantly looking for an opening to influence our reality. The victim or victims. This is why it's so important to close the board when done with a session. Normally, I mean. But when dealing with the Z entity, this won't really matter because it's an entirely different category than other occult entities. Once Z has someone in their sights, Following the directions printed on the Ouija board won't matter in the slightest. When a Z instance begins to heat up, there are also consistent themes. Phantom voices often come from the shadows, usually sounding like 20 or 30 people all talking simultaneously, but nothing is understandable. Knocks can be heard at the doors and walls randomly with no origin or person around. Bangs, thuds, etc are also standard. Weird humming noises may permeate the eardrums and, of course, the stereotypical objects moving on their own. Though if a place was already haunted and the demon comes through on the Ouija board, it will heighten the paranormal activity in the house abundantly and uh, make ghosts already there or spirits already there come out stronger than ever to haunt people. According to majority of the lore, the more fear it generates, the stronger it becomes and maintains a tighter grasp on a current into the material plane. Shadow people in strange movement is often seen out of the corner of one's eye, only to fade when one focuses on the phenomena. I hope you aren't afraid of the old Bloody Mary legend, listener. <laughs> Has there ever been times when you've been creeped out by mirrors in general? Because the Z entity likes to hang out in mirrors, like much paranormal lore surrounding mirrors, it can use perfect timing, since it exists outside space-time, to utilize the reflective surfaces in generating great fear in the viewer, granting it incredible power from the terror, uh, which is a tactic that the entity has used many times and appears to be a favorite. So if utilizing a board, maybe make sure that mirrors are out of the equation during the session. If you have any mirrors in the room, cover them up with thick blankets and then tie them down somehow. It's not hard for Z to just wisp off coverings of mirrors if not secured. The entity is often known to tell people to seek it out in mirrors, and this is where it shows itself visually for the most part. But don't misunderstand. The Z entity can manifest as any demon or dark entity can to the physical eyes in 3D space. It's only that it prefers mirrors to show itself in many circumstances, or may have like some connection to mirrors that we don't fully know right now. And whatever you do, don't die around a mirror with Zozo present, because the mirror can allegedly suck your soul right up into it. And funny enough, there's a lot of paranormal lore of souls getting stuck in mirrors. It's nothing new. In the old days, when someone died, all the mirrors in the house would be covered for just that reason. And according to the occult, mirrors absolutely have connections to the other realms, 
Spirits have always been said to have links to mirrors. The Myrtles Plantation Family Mirror is an excellent example of this in paranormal lore, if you'd like to look more into all that stuff. But Zozo will do far more than just show up in reflections. The entity has been known to possess dogs and animals. When asked to do so, it seemingly performs mind-controlled tasks within the creature, such as coming from one spot to another. Yet, this turns dark quickly as the animal begins to appear and sound horrified and in distress. The possession of the animal is always harmful, with many detrimental side effects. Vomiting, screeching, then running off. The animal usually found later having perished a horrible fate, if found at all. Many corpses of pets have been found out in the woods decaying not long after such an occurrence. At one point in Darren Evans' book, the Z entity possesses an entire horde of rats. The original board that led Darren to first encounter Zozo was found mysteriously underneath the house in a crawl space as if it was put there intended never to be seen. In that same board, Darren leaves in the trunk of a car out in the woods, and when he comes back for it later, a legion of rats had consumed it and come out at him in a wave when he opens the back of the car. And this is not just rats running out, this is organized rats literally like a wave, all as one. The instance unsettled Darren greatly to say the least, and the anomalous actions of the rats were directly controlled by Zozo. It doesn't help that with the escalation of the Z entity instances, the paranormal activity destabilizes the mental health of its victims. This breakdown of mental barriers allows mental projections into people directly from the entity. Many who delve too deeply into interactions with the Z hallucinate faces melting off people they interact with, only horrifically deformed skulls remaining. People have also seemingly been possessed to commit crime and violence in ways predicted by the board to a victim. Although it's probably such acts are committed despite the influence of Zozo, but apparently in the Zozo lore they are influenced by Zozo. Could be either, but according to the lore Zozo has used like ex escaped uh, like mental patients to attack people and things like that. The Ouija board demon has also predicted accurate deaths to come during sessions for those who summoned it. That's why one of the main pieces of advice by paranormal researchers or spiritualists or people, you know, interested in this kind of stuff, they say never to ask the board how you will die. And especially never ask the board how you're going to die if you're encountering the Z entity. Its predictions have been eerily accurate. Even 20, <clears throat> excuse me even 20 or more years after the Ouija board session took place. In fact, the Z entity has predicted many accurate fates for people who were utilizing the board, and some resulting in that person's death. One of Darren Evans' personal friends died in such a way who uh, his death was predicted by the board many years earlier. So any predictions of Zozo on the board should never be dismissed because ignoring the board always leads to unfortunate outcomes. Through Ouija boards, Zozo is allegedly responsible for countless unknown deaths. Moreover, it is without any doubt that this demon is incredibly dangerous. But whether these deaths would have already happened anyway, or they are the direct cause of Zozo is still debatable. But don't take any chances. And never ask the board about one's death or anybody else's deaths for that matter. The entity is known to attempt to entice people, saying things like, it will lead them to paradise, or like uh, other stuff that may make them ask questions that they'll regret, like trying to tell them that they need to know certain things that they don't need to know and actually only leads to bad stuff. And especially when it says that it will lead somebody to paradise, upon further elaboration when asked where this paradise is, the entity states, hell. In one session, Darren Evans documented the board saying, Iron Tongue, vaguely. Later, his daughter sleepwalked into a bathtub, turned it on, and almost drowned. He managed to save her, but soon after, the child developed a high fever, 
So he called the pastor to come pray for her. A large tick on the nape of her neck was noticed by doctors a moment after the prayer was finished. It seemed too much of a coincidence. However, she still faded. The doctor said she was more dead than alive, even though she did not test positive for diseases related to blood-sucking ticks. Most assumed it was the issue, but it wasn't. It turned out she had MRSA, a dangerous bacterial infection resistant to most antibiotics. The child's face became swollen, and her tongue stuck out more swollen than anything else, discolored and grotesque. He remembered the board saying his daughter would have an iron tongue, and it came true. She did eventually get better, but the timing and horrific nature of the event are directly linked to the entity. Yet, this is only one of many times Zozo has prophesied horrible things to come that came true to those who summoned it. Darren Evans has had a pretty rough life because of the Z entity, and his book, The Zozo Phenomenon, goes into far greater detail about his personal life than I have, and I've in no way done it any justice. So please check out the book yourself if you're interested in Zozo. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Darren's even made a low-budget movie on Zozo. I found his whole Hollywood part of the book to be pretty creepy and surreal, including him being in an elevator that took him to a bizarre floor uh, that didn't exist, and it was complete with ghostly encounters. And if you've ever heard of Ghost Hunters, uh, go I think it's called Ghost Hunters. What's that guy's name? The Baggins guy who has the divot box. That show? Uh, I'm not going to go fact check right now, but I think it's the most famous ghost show, like the highest rated one. I've honestly never liked those kinds of shows and have not seen a single episode of it, or any ghost hunting show for that matter. But don't get me wrong, I've always liked shows that talk about the legends of the paranormal stuff and whatnot. I just have never cared for reality TV type ghost hunting type shows. And I think that the instant that you need ratings or something to like continue your business or your show, then it basically loses credibility. It's just something you can't do. Anyway. Oh, Zap Baggins. Yeah. Zap Bag Zap Baggins. He has the Dybbuk box and he has like a whole occult collection of, of like paranormal artifacts. Ghost hunters. I'm pretty positive I'm right. <sighs> anyway, well, Zap hit up Darren Evans to come on his show and do stuff focused on Zozo. According to Darren, some genuine paranormal activity went down, which sadly even harmed his wife. He documents the entire situation in the book, and apparently it's one of the best-rated episodes of the show. And for good reason, because Darren Evans is pretty legit. So if you like ghost hunting shows, go check out the episode with Darren in it where they go over the Z-Entity stuff. But just what is this Z-Entity? I know I've been calling it a demon, and indeed, to the masses, that's how those aware of it would probably classify it. But then again, for those with an understanding of history and cultural and spiritual anthropology, the category of demon is relatively new to human consciousness. Many different cultures share a similar concept, but there's a pretty big difference in the idea when comparing the West and their linguistic anthropology views with those of other cultures. Christianity is responsible for the demon label, and a Christianity that mostly inspires these notions first in the Dark Age and medieval times. In the early days of Christianity, they conquered all other religions and people and either absorbed them or named all their deities demons. So in truth, it's not the most accurate way to classify an entity. It's just a, it's just a dogmatic categorization from this reality tunnel. There are entities that very well could be considered demonic from our perspective, but they didn't come from hell or serve Satan and stuff like that. Because if we're looking at it in an objective way outside of dogma, these entities existed long before Christianity and even the word that they use, demon, comes from the Greek word daemon and doesn't originate from that religion itself. Daemons were spiritual beings that could be good, bad, or anything in between. They existed in the realm between realms, 
They're essentially just an overarching label for spiritual entities that were not gods or were not, I want to say like nymphs and stuff like that. Also, they believed that everyone had their own personal daemon, analogous to a holy guardian angel in a way. The daemon is essentially the part of you, from this point of view at least. It's the part of you that is eternal outside of the reincarnation cycle. It's the infinite version. Like when you die and you take off the mask of ego, what's there is your daemon. So just calling an entity a demon just because it is an entity you don't understand, so it must be a demon, is to simplify something that in actuality is far more abstract and intricate. This illumination leads to the possibility that Zozo may be something called a Jin. Jin are known as genie in the West. In modern times, the Jin are primarily associated with Islam. Yet, Jin lore is far more ancient than the world's youngest Abrahamic religion. Old beyond recorded history, even. In Arabic, the name Jin means hidden ones. And that is because, for the most part, they are invisible to ordinary human sense organs. They are born of smokeless fire and exist in a parallel realm while being in the same spot within space-time. They actually once ruled the Earth, long before humanity's ancestors rose from the primordial waters. The Jinn are mighty, and Zozo has all the attributes in a supernatural context to that of these magnificent spiritual beings. However, Jinn are not inherently evil to avoid association with the familiar perspective of demons. But much paranormal phenomenon could be the actions of Jin because they are capable of any of the supernatural powers that we see. Any supernatural paranormal activity you could possibly think up, the Jin can do quite easily. However, based on what we know about Z and what he's capable of, it could totally be a Jin. And during the great wars of the Jin and then the angels coming down to completely wreck them from the Islamic point of view, the jinn were scattered throughout the rest of the world into areas that really weren't inhabited by humans, such as like ruins, mountains, the wilderness, islands. And some of these jinn have a vendetta against humanity. Not all of them, but some of them definitely do. And many of them do this, ven or enact this vendetta in a very sadistic manner something that sounds exactly like what Zozo would do. Jin are known to take on many different forms and play many different games, quote-unquote, depending on the circumstance, and will very rarely ever reveal themselves of the true nature because they look so down on humanity, they would never interact with a human in like an honest way, in a genuine way, because to them humans are unworthy of that. So when Jin do mess around with normal humans, it's usually from a context that they're like trolling them in a way and utilizing their own fears against them. Something that mirrors the Z entity in many ways because Z has many forms. Though in truth, when it comes down to the possibility of Zozo being a Jin, there's very little evidence to support this. It's just a possibility. Though it's a possibility that I personally find pretty intriguing especially since he seems to have all of the abilities that Jin do. And in some Jin lore, the Jin, since they're smokeless fire, they can actually influence the, the mental plane more so than the physical 3D material world we live in, which again goes in line with his, you know, appearing in mirrors and whatnot. Because according to occult lore, entities who can influence the mental plane, they can project images into the minds of people to make them as real as day. And one of the most well-known, famous, historical ways that the entities like that work is they project themselves through black mirrors or mirrors, or I'm sure you've seen them before, like the little crystal balls from, you know, like uh, fortune tellers appearing in movies or TV shows. But it's through these ways that Jin can quite easily interact with humans as well as a myriad of other paranormal entities, but Jin in particular would find it quite easy to do so.
Hi there. Thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. The show is sponsored by Blueberry, and if you're interested in starting your own podcast, use our link. We'll even give your podcast a shout out. Go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the Blueberry link on the homepage. By doing so, you'll be helping the show. Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. But most of all, thanks for listening. Dear listener, have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you. So the sources of the Z entity, its origins, could come from a variety of different sources. Many ancient Mesopotamian gods could or could not be the Zozo entity as well. Think about Pazuzu from the Exorcist series. Pazuzu is one of the most famous demons of all time and very much ingrained into the pop culture subconscious. Well, Pazuzu is not just a movie demon. The entity was initially a Mesopotamian wind god. So you see what I mean by how things can get kind of switched around and simplified. It's just a shame a direct link to Zozo has yet to be found. If there is one, however, like I said, there are many different forms the Z entity takes. One of the most terrifying actually doesn't even have the Z name in it. When it manifests as Mama, shit is really about to hit the fan. But Zozo has also referred to Mama as a separate entity. Despite this, the common thought is they are the same spirit because what idiot would ever believe what a demon tells them? According to basically universal lore, malevolent demons always lie and the Mama entity is basically always connected to the Z entity in some way. I remember a movie that came out that was called Mama, and I think it was kind of based on the Mama entity. I'm not sure. At least it uses the name or the idea or something. Honestly, I can't really remember, but I did see it once upon a time. Don't remember anything about it though. Other than Jamie Lannister, the Jamie Lannister actor from Game of Thrones is in it. And the Mama entity in the movie basically has no connection to the Z entity and it isn't even mentioned. It looks super creepy though. But uh, Mama Lore is more than that movie, if it's even related or whatever. But there's actually a lot of lore around the legendary Mama supernatural entity. The Mama entity often leads the planchette to cryptic messages insinuating it desires the unborn child of a pregnant woman. 
it will mess with the victim's mind to prematurely abort the unborn innocent in some way, such as an accident or self-inflicted harm after a mental breakdown from the demon's influence. Though some attribute Mama, the Z entity, with uh, all its different names, to be a collective of entities and not a singular spirit. Though Mama does sound a lot like the Lilith demon, and may be a form of hers in some way. Lilith being the mother of all demons and also having a calling card of taking the souls of newborn children or unborn children. Mama in particular will lull a bored user from good to bad type stuff and messes with them, trying to give them a false sense of security. And as Darren says in the book, if an entity ever starts to go back and forth between being scary and good or comforting, then it's time to close the board because it's only going to get a whole lot darker from that point on. And even Mama has an alternate persona to add to the Z entities. And this alter ego is Lily, which is short for Lilith, like I was just saying. And Lilith, from Kabbalistic and Hebrew legend, She's the original wife of Adam from the Garden of Eden tale, but refused to submit to him and was banished, and then became the mother of demons. Well, certain kinds of demons at least. Lilith, or Lily, is also the archetype for the succubus, the demon that seduces men at night to birth more demons. Now is Lily of the Z phenomenon THE Lilith demon from Hebrew folklore? Probably not, but who knows, maybe. In any case, Lilith too shows up in ancient cultures of the Near East in a similar fashion to Pazuzu. There are oddly even entities in Native American folklore that seems identical to Lilith. Lily can come and go with Mama or even Zozo, or even appear all innocent and ask for help, and is often the same entity pretending to be two entities or more at the same time. The Z entity loves playing games with people's heads like that. Some of the lore I came across when researching this was interesting and terrifying because it was talking about how Lilith, being the archetype for the succubus, she actually does, um, like, her... Hold on. Her intercourse is, like, not necessarily physical. Her intercourse is spiritual. And since she's a demon outside of space-time, she can appear like at tons of places all at the same time in, in like our reality. And any of the demons that are birthed through the spirit into new humans belong to her. So this can be kind of confusing and I'm not sure, I'm probably, I know I'm not explaining it very well, but it, essentially it was saying that a lot of these people who are seduced by Lilith in their dreams, sexual dreams or whatever, and are spiritually impregnating her, the offspring of those people belong to her and like the demons and the dark side. Which means that there's tons of ordinary people walking around every day, people walking around and they have no idea that their souls are demonic, is what it was saying. So that was pretty terrifying to read. And the link here is that all of those people that are the offspring or belong to Lilith demonically are the people that the Z entity interacts with on the board and are actually eternally damned, half demonic hybrids, which kind of violates a lot of the laws of karma and stuff like that from a more balanced spiritual beliefs because, I mean, it wasn't any fault of their own. This is just some cryptic occult lore that I came across that happened to be pretty frightening. But it's kind of analogous to how in the Matrix movies, the police are actually serving the machine without even knowing it. So these, these people who are demonic in their soul, they actually serve the darkness without even knowing it or being aware of it and just are pawns on the chessboard. And if you're somebody who has encountered the Z entity, please just ignore all of this. It doesn't mean you're damned, don't get paranoid or freaked out. This is just, some people have said this. And some people are usually wrong. But Mama, Lily, and Zozo are definitely all the same entity. Zozo is also mentioned in medieval demonology. 
Specifically, though, by name, it's mentioned in a 19th century encyclopedia called Dictionnaire Infernal. Though it is directly linked to the possession of a young girl in France hundreds of years ago, and the name Zozo has roughly been translated to Imp, a common demon in demonology. But there's not much to work with overall concerning all that kind of stuff because, I mean, not much survived the burning of the Inquisition. There is a minimal elaboration on the entity within the book. However, this is before the invention of the Ouija board, and the Z entity may not have found a reliable or enjoyable way to enter the material world yet. Though it most likely did mess with people who messed with uh, spirit boards and divination and stuff like that. The Z entity has all the hallmarks of a trickster spirit from mythology. According to Nephilim lore, the souls of these half-watcher, half-human hybrids are trapped on Earth and became restless spirits in some points of view, which is very similar to Zoroastrianism and how Araman and his demons are trapped in the material world too to be restless spirits. The Sumerian myth of Anzu, one of the Anunnaki and plotted to steal the tablets of destiny from the Anunnaki Lord Enlil, failed and perished. Anzu was once the ruler of the Anunnaki before being dethroned by Anu, or he was supposed to be the ruler, but was shoved out of the way by, uh, by Anu, depending on what, who you ask. Anzu was basically the king of kings and goes along with Zozo's massive ego and lust for power and how he referred to himself as the king of kings. And there have been people who connected Zozo to Anzu. Though I'm not entirely sure that their methods of connecting those two are accurate. Still interesting. And I wish I could remember where I read that so I could elaborate more, but I couldn't find it when I went to go reference it to put my thoughts together, so take that with a grain of salt. And Francisco St. Bernardino of Siena also mentioned Zozo in a famous sermon all the way back in the 1400s. St. Bernardino was an excellent orator with immense charisma. Back in those days, people would gather from all around to hear such sermons as the height of entertainment. The saint was so good at inspiring emotions and ecstatic thought in the masses in his sermons that they were often documented and referenced again and again. In one such sermon called The Mass of Zozo, he called it the common to all the demons, which is super cryptic and he didn't go into detail. And this is all like 500 plus years before the production of the Ouija board. In Darren Evans' book, The Zozo Phenomenon, he gives different levels to the encounters with the Zozo, with a level one Zozo encounter just being like a gradual or sudden movement of the planchette and swings to the letters Z and O and back and forth. And Darren calls this the rainbow effect. Often the planchette will move in a figure eight like pattern, which kind of resembles a letter Z or the infinity symbol. Level two encounters get a little bit more serious. Direct contact with the entity is made and the user will enter the world of high strangeness or the chapel perilous. In many level two encounters, a spiritual attachment is made to the Z entity and one may be stuck to it beyond their control. Darren says that level three encounters are more rare because they start to heat up and get pretty freaky real quick. So people usually shut down and close the board before it gets hot. But if it does go through, this is where like the mental trauma and the mental invasion starts to happen. People will become withdrawn, depressed, and their personality will seem to change to those who know them. Hallucinations will often occur in a level three and people will gain knowledge that they didn't have before or information that they couldn't possibly know. Vivid nightmares will be common, the victim will suffer insomnia, and the person's health will begin to decline. These level three Zozo encounters are the real deal, and basically what Darren's book is made up of concerning his encounters with the entity, as well as most the horrific and traumatizing encounters that people across the entire world have encountered have uh, experienced. But these are the three classifications of Zozo encounters that Darren Evan gives in his book. 
When Darren first took his encounters with the Z entity to the internet, he didn't expect there to be so many people out there who have experienced the same thing as him. And with so many people out there having these encounters with Zozo, you might be wondering if there's a way to defeat the Zozo demon. I mean, after all these people and all these conversations and all these message boards and all these collaborations on researching and documenting everything, shouldn't they have come up with something on how to beat Zozo? Well, you can't. You can, however, defend yourself, have precautions, or limit its influence, slash banish it. Such as, one, avoid Ouija boards. Two, have mastery over your emotions with courage undaunted. Three, have a quiet, fully functional mind from a dedicated meditation practice over a long period of time. Four, cultivate mediumship disciplines from required training. Five, obtain vast esoteric knowledge. Six, find someone with true faith to help you. Doesn't have to be Christian or have them help you develop true faith of your own to help yourself. And last, number seven, follow the rules of the Ouija board. all for today's episode and make sure to check out darren evans book all about the zozo phenomenon with a link in the show notes and if you listener have any of your own weird unexplainable encounters with a ouija board then please let us know cryptic chronicles is available on itunes spotify podbean stitcher google podcasts and basically all podcast hubs if you can make sure to like and comment or review wherever you hear this content and let's look at a couple comments or views. Elwood says, great podcast. The guy doesn't try to get world changed all the time and just says it. Great for those who hate woo and like to think. <laughs> That's a really good compliment. Thanks, man. Uh, Stephen Butler on the Ascended Masters video says, as always, very well presented and now even more information for me to research many thanks oh thank you steven and thanks for commenting i'll make sure and bring you a lot more weird stuff more than you can handle bella 33 says what the fuck is this if you enjoy cryptic chronicles even in the slightest Please help out by leaving your own comment, review, or any interaction because algorithms like interaction. And if you do, you will help spread and grow the show. So please review, comment, share, like, it all helps. Though the show is free to listen to, the cost to produce it is substantial. By pleasing the gods of the algorithm, you are doing more than your part in support. And if you really, really like Cryptic Chronicles and you happen to be awesome, then support the show on Patreon. For just a dollar, you can unlock full and censored shows with no ads or anything like that. You will get access to exclusive podcast episodes and, depending on the pledge, can even do other awesome stuff like join the Discord channel. Just go to crypticchronicles.com and at the top, click on the Chronicles Vault. It's a link to Patreon and you'll be good to go. Speaking of awesome, I'd like to thank my current patrons, MJ Calvo, Adrienne, John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Paul, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Brad Herbert, and Lawrence Lee. 
Thanks for supporting Cryptic Chronicles, but most of all, thanks for listening. And as one of the most enlightened people who ever lived once said, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. <laughs>